Welcome to Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the radio preaching ministry of Vertical Church here in Central Ohio. We're in the middle of a series called Seven Steps to Life-Altering Prayer. And today we're going to listen to the second part of a message called Step 2, Transcendent Adoration. Let's learn more about adoring our Father. Here's the last question. What does it mean to be a child of God? Some of us in our sin, in our foolishness, in our depravity, in our unworthiness or worthlessness, we look up to heaven and we say, why me? Why would he love me? Why me? I don't understand it. Why would God love me? I'm a sinner. I'm a person that has no value apart from him. Why would God choose me? Why does any parent choose to adopt a child? Why does God choose to adopt broken people like us? I don't know, but he does. Ephesians chapter one, verse three says this, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. What does it mean to be a child of God? It means to be loved. It means to be chosen. It means to be blessed and given everything that God possesses in the heavenly places is open to his children. Well, this should lead us to to sum this up. Relational adoration. Sometimes when I would come home from work and most uh, young parents can kind of identify with me, if you've been a parent years ago, you'll remember this. As a dad, when you come in the door from a long day after work and usually it goes, it works for the kids eh, somewhere between, you know, 18 months and three to four years after that, they're kind of done with it. But, you know, you walk through the door and that child just beams and just runs to you and wants and it wants to give you full attention and I can't believe daddy's home this is the best thing that's ever happened there's this relational affection now at some point at five or six they get smarter and realize that dad isn't superman or batman you also see it with moms uh, you moms know I, I know when Jensen prepares to leave the house to go shopping and Tears uh, like all the rest of the kids when they were young, just balls. No, mom, you can't leave. No, you're the center of my universe. You cannot leave. Yeah. And so we have all kinds of maneuvers to get out of the house without her noticing. Right? Well, think about that in terms now to our prayer life, our Father in heaven. You see, the adoration that we send up to our Father, there's three aspects. Here's the first one. It's relational. I'm not just worshiping a God I can't understand who's far more powerful than I can imagine. 
Jesus gives us handles for this prayer. He says, our father, you relate to him like a father. You adore him like a child does a parent. There is something awesome about relational adoration. Now, it doesn't stop there, but it starts there. And I would ask you, as you're thinking about your prayer life, as you're praying, as I will just tell you this for years, I've prayed through the Lord's Prayer almost every single day. Uh, sometimes literally in 30 seconds, sometimes over extended periods of time, but mostly shorter. But at each of these stopping points, it's an opportunity to go off and pray about that for a while. To when we pray our Father, that's a stopping point. That's I'll pause the button for a second. I need to stop there for a minute. I need to reach out to the Lord with adoration and, and remind God of what a blessing it is to be a child of his. Now I want to contrast that. I want to move away from imminence. Do some theological terms here. Imminence to transcendence. Now imminence... Um, is referencing nearness, God's nearness to us. Now, imminence is not the same as imminent. I remember them talking about this in seminary. Imminent is talking about the return of Christ. And I, I think I got those confused a couple times. It didn't go real well. Um, we're talking about imminence. We're talking about God's nearness, the fact that we can reach out to him in prayer, the fact that he is near to those who cry out to him. But I want to look at transcendence, transcendence. The famous theologian Karl Barth described God as holy other, holy other, different, separate from us. Essentially, God is not your buddy, okay? Now, while God is your father, God is not your buddy. Thank God that he is more than someone we play softball with and then go watch a movie with. God is far beyond that, far above that. I want to show you that here for a moment. I want you to write this down. When we pray, we are joining in the adoration of our Father's elevation and separation. We are joining in the adoration of our Father's elevation and separation. Isaiah chapter 55, verse nine says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. While God is near as our Father, he is our Father in heaven. And what does that mean? Well, that means that his ways are far beyond our ways, his thoughts far beyond our thoughts. Then as we pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What does it mean to hollow, hallow, hollow? Hallow something. I don't know if you've thought about that word lately. What does that mean? It's from the Greek word, agiazo, very closely tied to agios, holy. It means be made holy is essentially the meaning of the word. Think back with me to Isaiah chapter six, verse three, where the seraphs, called to one another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. When we pray our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, we're saying, God, be made holy your name. 
Okay, so what does holy mean then? One commentator named Smith talking about Isaiah chapter 6, verse 3, and holy, says this. He says, thus the seraphs claim that God is completely, totally, absolutely the holiest of the holy. Holiness is the essence of God's nature, and God himself is the supreme revelation of holiness. God's absolute holiness reveals how separate, different, or totally other he is in comparison to all other aspects of the created world. I want to ask you to turn with me in your Bibles with me. I want you to go to a passage with me. Go to Revelation chapter 4 and verse 8. Love hearing Bibles turning. Revelation chapter 4 and verse 8. When we pray, we are joining in the adoration of our Father's elevation and separation. Sometimes in our appreciation of eminence, we can lose our sense of God's transcendence, of how he is different and separate from us. Revelation 4 verse 8 says, And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within, and day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne saying, worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. We're getting a window here into what is going on even as we speak. When I say when we pray, we are joining the adoration. Your prayer is not by yourself. When we say our Father in heaven, we're not saying mine in a singular sense. We're joining in what is already going on in a magnificent, grandiose way in heaven. Hi, this is Pastor Luke Aarons from Vertical Church Columbus. Did you know that these Meeting with God messages actually come from sermons given at our church home, Vertical Church Columbus? You know, in addition to hearing God's word proclaimed every week, you'll find a warm, loving church family of authentic followers of Jesus Christ. If you live in Columbus, Ohio, but are not currently connected to a church home, we'd love to invite you to visit us at 1290 Old Henderson Road in Columbus near the intersection of 315 and Henderson Road. I hope you all, those of you who were able to come on Friday, hope you enjoyed the evening of worship and uh, the word with Jim Daly. And uh, we had something kind of funny happen before that. And I appreciated Jim and his heart and just his love for people. I mean, you could just see it in the way he cared for people and interacted with them and his message. But before, uh, Bob Burney, who's a friend, uh, was doing uh, kind of a live broadcast. And, and a couple of us pastors kind of went on with him and just talked about our churches and uh, Shane over at Cap City, and then I did it. Well, as I was about ready to go on to the air, uh, a couple of the staff members were kind of playing around with me, and they're having a little bit of fun, and they said, hey, well, why don't we give you a key word that we'll see if you can mix it into your conversation? It's kind of a joke. I wasn't super convinced that was a great idea. I have a hard enough time when you're on live radio, it is, your heart's like, dud, 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 dud. 
you know. And so uh, they gave me a couple words, and um, I went on there, and I, I think I thought about it once, and uh, out of respect for Bob, never went any closer than that to trying to say lips or cheeks or bagels, okay? <laughs> I never got those into the, ma- I never got those. I can just imagine Bob looking at me, bagels. Okay. That's funny, of course, and... Um, Uh, Maybe someday, if you're ever listening to the radio broadcast and you hear the word bagel randomly, you'll know why. Um, But I want to go back to Revelation 4. As we're building our adoration, I want you to think here, look with me right to the text, go back to Revelation chapter 4, and I want you to look for one word, okay? Out with the one word for fun and being silly. One word, or one words, if you will, that should drive our adoration. Look back in the text. You can, if you have a pen, just circle them. Maybe you can come back here as you're in prayer. As we're lifting high the name of our Father and saying, our Father in heaven who is transcendent, who is far above us, be made holy your name. What are the words that can be the jump off points? Well, look right here in the text. What are they? Worthy. Honor, thanks, holy, almighty. Maybe when you come to prayer, you're like, well, I don't know where to start, pastor. I I get in there and I, I know that God is amazing, but I don't even know where to start when it comes to adoration. Well, let me just encourage you, circle a couple of those words. Glory, worship. It's very easy. Prayer is very easy. God's not up in heaven grading your capacity to be Well, like we said, the Gentiles, all these fancy words. God's not fired up about your fancy words. God's fired up about your heart. And when you're praying to say, God, how worthy you are, how holy you are, that's how we express adoration to our Heavenly Father. Not only this, I would also point out that we don't adore just what God does. We adore who he is. Maybe you're not thinking about that. Maybe you're like, well, I get in there and I thank God for this and I praise him for this because he's done this and he's done this. That's one aspect of adoration and even thanksgiving. But think about who God is. Aside from what he's done, he is majestic. He is awesome. He is high and lifted up. He is glorious in every way and he doesn't need to do anything. He doesn't need to get up in the morning and prove himself to do it again. He doesn't become worthy. He is worthy. Relational adoration, transcendent adoration. Now here's the last part, missional adoration. Missional adoration. Join me again back in the text here in Matthew chapter six. Matthew chapter six, verse nine. Jesus says, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, here's the request, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. I think sometimes we wrestle as believers with the concept. You ever notice all the verses that talk about God's name? Hallowed be your name. Why why your name? What's so big about the name? How about hallowed be God himself? How about the person of God? I want to read something to you from Leon Morris, which I think hits right on this. The name in antiquity meant a good deal more than it does with us. 
We use it for a personal designation that is about all. But in antiquity, the name was held to be bound up with the person in some way. The name and the qualities associated with the name went together. You see, when scripture says, hallowed be your name, what it's really saying is not just the name, the designation, whatever goes on your driver's license. It's saying the person themselves. Often in scripture, if you see people's name, the meaning of their name was kind of projected onto who they were as a person. You can see that throughout scripture. Think about Jesus himself. What was his name? When, when the angel came, Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when we say, hallowed be your name, what we're saying is, hallowed be your person, exalted be the eternal God, Yahweh, the God of scripture, the God who created everything. Think of Proverbs chapter 18, which says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it and is safe. When it's saying the name of the Lord, it's saying the person of the Lord. Think about Exodus chapter 20. I find it interesting that in Exodus, the first three commandments, Exodus chapter 20, what's the first commandment? It says, you should have no other gods before me. Okay, that's the first one. What's the second one? You shall not make an image. Third, shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. Now think about that. What God didn't want by putting those three into there is God did not want to be reduced to A, competition, B, images, or C, vanity. God did not want his person, the great God of the universe, who is a spirit, not a physical being like we are. Obviously, Jesus took on flesh. But God did not want people, they, they, they had their, I don't know, I can't see God, so I guess I'll kind of make some sort of golden image that will kind of remind, God did not want to be reduced to that. And he did not want his name, which is the one representation we can have with us, he did not want that reduced to something flippant that people will say anything about. So, when we pray, hallowed be your name, we're asking God to raise up the status of his own name. It's missional. It's a sense to which we want him to vindicate his name. God, don't let the world go on taking your name through the dirt and through the mud. God, vindicate yourself. God, exalt your name in this world. I'll tell you the greatest thing. Uh, this country needs a lot of things. What this nation needs is the name of God lifted high. Okay? God doesn't need a new Twitter handle. God doesn't need a new campaign manager. When I'm praying, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, I'm saying the one thing this world needs more than anything else is to know the name of the God of the universe and to revere it for who he really is. And not only for me, but for everyone I know. Why do we pray this? Why do we pray, hallowed be your name? Why do we request that God would make his name great 
Why would we pray that God would separate his name from all the others? Why do we pray that? Well, as I said, I had another interesting experience on Friday night, and um, right as Jim got up to preach, and uh, he was getting going, he had an incredible story of his kids. It was very funny. All of a sudden, um, and by the way, the band was pretty strong too, and, uh, but for some reason, I have no idea, I'm still thinking about it, the drummer decided that, um, that the beginning of the message would be a great time to go break down his entire drum kit 15 feet behind the speaker. Quietly, of course, which only made it more distracting. And I was just waiting for Sim to do something and bang one of the cymbals and for Jim Daly to go through the ceiling. So here I am as a pastor, and we, we, we spend a lot of time working through details in a service, and I, my skin was crawling, my heart was thumping. What do I do? About I thought, you know what? We're going to sit here for 10 minutes and watch the drummer slowly break down his drum kit. Completely distracting. So, being the person I am, I got up, went in the back room, slept back as quietly as I could, and I said, come with me. And uh, we went outside, and I said, dude, you cannot go in the back. Do you not realize there's somebody speaking? Now, that drummer was excellent. He was very good. But his sense of appropriate behavior when a speaker is speaking was sorely lacking. I tried to explain to him, if you were playing in music, and I walked right in front of your thing and did my thing, right, and grabbed my Bible and did all kinds of, that'd be kind of distracting, wouldn't it? It'd be kind of disrespectful. Now, aside from that, they had a great worship team. Here's the thing that he didn't get. He didn't get what was appropriate. He didn't get what was appropriate. Now, that's a small thing. You and I, we've all done things that are inappropriate, right? We could go on and tell stories for hours about stupid, funny things we did when we didn't know what we should have done. Here's the great need of our time. We, to a lesser extent, and the world, to a greater extent, do not have a proper understanding, do not have a proper concept of adoration to the living God. And kind of like that drummer in a different sort of way, we are sitting behind God doing our own thing, minding our own business, living in a way that is completely outside of what is appropriate for the living God. I can tell you, if Jesus Christ were here in his full glory, we would not be the drummer behind picking up our drum set. But the reason why we, when we come to prayer as we conclude our time, is because we are crying out to God in a missional sense, your name be exalted. Not my name, not my family's name, not my church's name. Your name be exalted. Your name be made holy. And do do you feel what I'm saying? And when we come to prayer and say, our Father, stop right there, relational adoration who are in heaven, transcendent, far beyond what I could even grasp, but you are glorious, and what you've revealed in your word, I can praise you for. Hallowed be your name. God, would the nations, would my neighborhood, would my own heart set apart you for who you really are? That's what we're praying. And I hope that as you begin to think about life-altering prayer, as you begin to think about the times that you'll get together. And I'm gonna ask you to do this this week. Can you do something for me? Get your pen out real quick. Write this down. When we pray, we're petitioning for God to reveal and exalt his name on earth. 
Here's what I'm gonna ask you to do this week. I'm gonna ask you to every day this week, pray through the Lord's Prayer. If you have 30 seconds and that's all you can do, praise God. But I'm gonna ask you to begin to do this. I'm gonna ask you kind of like a family road trip, right? I wish we could go to Chicago in six and a half hours. We've never done it, okay? We drive from here to Chicago and we have at least three stops, if not more, depending on the state of each child, okay? So slow your pace down to where I've had to slow my pace down to. As you begin to pray through the Lord's Prayer, stop in adoration at that first part and begin to add relational adoration, begin to add transcendent adoration. Whatever the Holy Spirit's putting on your mind, just begin to reach out to the Lord in prayer and just begin to go through that prayer in a different sort of way and let God work in you. Let your heart be lifted up to transcendent adoration. Thank you so much for listening to Meeting with God, the radio ministry of Vertical Church in Columbus, Ohio. Vertical Church exists to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission and the spirit of the Great Commandment by making disciples of Jesus Christ. If you live in Columbus and currently do not have a church home, we would love to invite you to worship with us. Our worship services meet at our church home at 1290 Old Henderson Road. Our church family is warm, loving, and would be so happy to meet you. If you currently do not have a place to worship this weekend, would you join us? As always, thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next week for your Meeting with God. Meeting with God is the teaching ministry of Vertical Church Columbus. For more information, go to verticalchurch.life.